Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time. Welcome back, rugby fans. I am Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt, and I once again am back with the run passer kick interview style. And I am here with a very special guest, somebody that you, if you don't know him, you need to know him. And that is none other than Rob Cornelius. He is connected with the NYC Sevens that has just been announced recently and will be coming here this July. Before I get into his CV, I want to welcome Rob to the show. Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast, Run, Pass, or Kick interview. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Glad to be here and, and glad to be back and, and doing some great things in rugby. It's been a few years, so it's exciting to be back and, uh, you know, uh, just ready to run run with the ball or, you know, I might offload. I didn't do much of that in my playing, so hopefully <laughs> I don't do much of that here. And I really didn't kick much, but when I did, it usually went south. So uh, we'll see how south our kick goes together. <laughs> well, you know, in this show, when you kick and uh, it, it lands in my hands, um, uh, you can't go south. Only I can go south. So you should be okay there. Even better. Per- yeah, perfect. We'll make it work. Um, before I get into the CV for Rob Cornelius uh, and and the, the head of operations with the NYC Sevens, I want to uh, – Talk about this run, pass, or kick interview style for those that have not had the pleasure of experiencing it. It works like this. We're going to throw some questions at Rob. And uh, each question is going to be prompted with run, pass, or kick. And just like any good rugby player, he has options in front of him. And one of them is to run of the question, which is to say he's going to answer it. Another one is to pass the question uh, and therefore um, not answer it. Or he can have a little fun with me, kick, kick it to me put me on the defensive and I have to have a go and try to answer in a way that I think he would answer. And he can, of course, uh, grade me out, tell me I'm shite. He can tell me I'm spot on or give it a context. It's completely and totally up to him. But the bottom line is Rob has control of the answer for these questions. So that's why we're here. Um, I'm excited about this one. A little bit of background on Rob. Of course, we talked about NYC Sevens, but he's the co-founder and CEO of 4455 Sports. He had been the VP of Business Development for United World Sports and the VP of Business Development for USA Sevens. Rob, given the nature of what we're going to be talking about, if you could just, you know, talk a little bit about um, your involvement with the Las Vegas Sevens in connection with a couple of those um, areas of expertise and and experience. Absolutely. So um, was with uh, UWS and John Prismac for 12 years with the um, initial goal of bringing uh, the USA Sevens from San Diego to Las Vegas, and then uh, the responsibility to grow that into an entertainment and commercial vehicle, right, for rugby. And really, you know, over the years of what we, we grew in Las Vegas based on, you know, not only what the rugby fan wanted to see, but how do we grow the sport with the culture of our the country's playing, the, the, the truth, the true passion of the rugby fans, and showcasing the sport in a new light. You know, when I first came into this, we, you know, we didn't have television. We were either a couple a week delayed on NBC or not on television at all and progressed over the years to, you know, NBC to ESPN and to, you know, over 440 million homes around the world. So really, but the big was we started with 12,000 fans and grew it up to 90,000 fans over the weekend. So showcasing what rugby is, but also, you know, really creating a festival atmosphere and, and gathering new fans to the sport, which is always the case and what we really need to focus on moving to the World Cup in 31. You know, we all want more fans. We all want more people in our in our sport. And that's not only MLR, PR7s and us and the World Cup, but that's that's the main goal is how do we make this entertainment and how do we get families right. and friends there? Well, and and that fits right in with our motto here at the Rugby Rant. We try to build rugby and grow rugby one fan at a time. And so uh, I think our, our stars are aligned, Rob. And not only uh, are our names aligned, but our stars are aligned. And um, uh, it, uh, <laughs> we're really looking forward to this. And, of course, um, again, you talk about your involvement with Las Vegas Sevens. 
um, and and growing and building the game. And, um, you know, uh, uh, we have some mutual friends <laughs> in common, um, you know, connected here in Chicago. But let's talk a little bit about uh, the New York City Sevens. Um, and, and before I get into that real quick, uh, speaking of our commonalities, you know, you, you, you talked and mentioned about, you know, growing the game and not having a lot of TV coverage. When I was playing with the Blaze, and I tell the story every once in a while, Graham Jackson, good friend of mine, he was a Kiwi. His dad used to send him VHS tapes. So he would tape all the all the stuff coming out of New Zealand, and then he would send them over here. And that's what we would watch for like six months. We would watch old rugby tapes. So I'm glad that uh, guys like you are steering the ship uh, for things like the NYC sevens, because I know it's in good stead and we'll get pretty solid coverage. Um, but for those who don't know the NYC sevens, just a little bit of background before we get into the run pass or kick challenge. It's a three phase, uh, three year, three phase tournament that's set to begin this July. This year in phase one, it's going to be a single event. Yeah. Correct me if I, any of this. So for those people that don't know, the NYC sevens, is a going to be a three-year, three-phase tournament set to begin in 2023, this July. It'll be a single event this year in 2023 with 16 teams in year one and a $1 million cash prize for the winning team. Phase two in 2024 will feature 48 matches of action in a series of four events with a $4 million cash pool. Uh, this phase will showcase uh, a playoffs in New York City and L.A., and the finals will take place in Vegas. And then, fi not finally, but in, in the three-year phase process in 2025, 112 games of action in a seven-city uh, event uh, with a $12 million cash pool. Uh, the phase will showcase playoff format with events being held in Dallas, Boston, Chicago, San Francisco, with the finals taking place in New York City, LA and Vegas. Whoo! That being yep. said, Rob, with all, all that crazy information, are you ready to begin the run, pass, or kick challenge? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay. And you can, I know you're chomping it, but say something. So we'll see if we can work it in. If not, you can throw questions my way and we'll, no just, we'll have a little fun with it. All right. First question we're going to get to here run, pass, or kick. The NYC Sevens is being billed as a festival of rugby. So the question is, what will set this event apart from other Sevens events that we've had in the United States, like the PR Sevens or the LA Sevens? I'll run with that. Let's give it a run. So I think that, you know, one of the big things why we were brought in and in discussion with World Rugby and even USA Rugby is how we grow in the game, right? What's making it exciting? How do we get new fans? I think that we saw off the success of Las Vegas of what brought the fans together and took it from the 12,000 really hardcore diecore fans that we see, you know, the hardcore rugby fan we know in America, there's, there's, there's that 15 to 20,000 people that show up to every major, major event. But how do you create something bigger and drive in non-rugby fans and create and grow the game? And it's really by the entertainment, the festival and the, the concept with, the NYC sevens and the future is, and the future is still, you know, still in works, right? We don't know what that is, what cities it is, but we know this year is the top eight teams in the world coming to New York city. Um, hasn't been there. We haven't had sevens at this style at all in the East coast. And we've never had this in the world, you know, playing for a million bucks. Now I'll clarify that real quickly, Rob, because it's a million bucks, but every game has a price point to it, right? So somebody's going to walk out. Even the worst team is walking out with 25, 35,000 U.S. dollars. The best team is going to walk out with probably 450 to 550. The goal is one is, as we all know around the world, rugby sevens and rugby is we need to, we need to fund the players. We need to fund the unions, right? These are all governing bodies. And we all know rugby players aren't making a lot of money on the seventh circuit, et cetera. So our goal is to, you know, how do we commercialize? How do we build that? How do we help that? And how do we build the commercial side? So yes, New York sevens is the first of its kind anywhere. Never happened. Never, not Vegas, not LA, not San Diego, not the Hong Kong, not Dubai anywhere. So let's, how do we create that in the entertainment festival side of it? How do we get a little edgier, right? How do we have a little more fun? How do we bring in some international DJs to focus on, the Kenyan, South African, Afrobeat. How do we bring in some UK DJs? How do we bring in 
something that's going to bring in new fans. So it's not only about the rugby fan, it's how do we cross that culture and, and culture and sponsors too, right? Not only just fans, but we got to grow our sponsors for, for USA Rugby, Major League Rugby, PR7s. We're not, and I will say this early and it might come down later, we're not here to fragment. We're not here to – there's too much fragmentation in the rugby space. There has been since I got involved with it 12 years ago. And I've reached out to PR7s, MLR, to everyone. They say, hey, listen, we're not here to compete. We're here to grow. And now this year is a launch. The date we have is the date we have. It fit the, the world calendar of rugby, so we had to use these dates, right? These are the dates that we had to use. In the future, how do we get with MLR and how do we get with PR7s and how do we grow one big event around this in the summer off of multiple events and create something that benefits everybody? There's a place everywhere for this, but there's no place for anybody by themselves. It's too small of a market. We're not there yet. And we need to, we need to focus on that. So it is, it is the music. It's the entertainment. It's the, the ancillary events around the event. We've got a nightlife. We have an event on Friday night, a VIP reception with DJs, music, and food that's open to the public and our sponsors and the unions and the player coach. Saturday night after the event, since it's a one-day event, we got a nightclub partner that we're going to have a, a nightclub event for the fans, for the players, for everybody. Potentially uh, some stuff, hopefully, with some other entities on Sunday for a day party and some golf tournaments. So really, how do you create the weekend out of it that's more than just coming to a rugby tournament, right? We can see rugby all day long. I can watch it on TV all weekend long. But I want to entertain. I want to get the family out. I want to get your friends out. You want to show off what you do. You want to show off where you're from, right? So it's really not even all about the sport as much as, hey, it's celebration of culture and sport and where I'm from. So if I'm a third-generation South African and I'm living in the U.S. and I want my grandson to see this, I want to see him. I want him to see my culture and my people, and that's what Vegas turned into. This was a celebration of your buddies. This was a, a reason to come to New York. This is a reason to come to Vegas. So, really, how do we grow that? And then, how do we expand the game in, into gaming? How do we expand into the CB, CBD and cannabis lifestyle? All the stuff that's been kind of held off to the edges for years. How do we expand that? And how do we grow our, our brand? We got to grow the brand of rugby. Um, overall, because you see in the different areas around the world, it's just there's there's some stuff that's still not working. So we've got to be edgy. We got to have some fun with it. We've got to showcase some some stuff that uh, probably didn't want to be showcased before, but it's good for the American public, for the general public, for the rugby fan. Do you want to see more? Right. That's what our thing is. Let's let's show them more than just what's on the pitch. Let's show them a little more of you know, hey. Hammer got a good cut on his eye. I want to see the doctor stitching him up, baby. I want to see some, you know, so, hey, there's some stuff that just you, know, you don't want to, you don't want to see that and be crying like a little baby. You well, know, that's definitely, because you'd, be <laughs> you'd be a social media hit. So, <laughs> so, so, I, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I think we all agree and, and all of us and my, by me, not myself and my partners at the rugby rant that, you know, we have to entertain around rugby. I mean, certainly rugby is at the centerpiece of that, but then everything around it's got to draw people into the rugby, right? There's got to be entertainment element that draw people into the rugby. Um, you know, you mentioned this uh, DJs and things like that. You got to get the Hask, James Haskell, get I, him over here I, to do, to do a DJ bit. Just sell him, sell on him hanging out in New York City for a long weekend and he'll, I think he'll come over. There, there uh, is the those show. discussions are being had, Rob. So I agree <laughs> Good. with you. No, and, and the other parts of gaming. And, and I hope there's room for the little guys. <laughs> there's there, it's, it's it's rugby, baby. There's a place for everybody, right? There's awesome. a place for everybody. So yeah, no. James Haskell's a discussion, multiple discussions, and then also how do we create a more family friendly fan uh, interactive yeah. game with some some people out there like Sportable with the ball tracking. Uh, gaming, yeah. right? Even if it's not not financial monetary gaming, how do you get on your phone and interact with your buddies? We all did it in Vegas. My friends did it. You take the over under and who's buying the shop, right? Who's going to the bar because, you know, you you lost the bet. So I think there's there's ways that we have to get into yeah. to the general public and, and into the sports betting world and to these different music genres and everything. The sh Our sport's beautiful. It doesn't take much to sell it. Just get somebody there yeah. once. Yeah. And especially, yeah. especially yeah. sevens, right? The, the fast, right. energetic, the culture of the stands. Brother, all we have to do is get them there. Make an right. excuse to get them there because they're coming back. I saw it in Vegas. And I, I, you know, we were, 
we were a 90% rugby base when we first started in Vegas. It was 90% rugby fans, right? All coming outside this market, 98 out, 98% out of Las Vegas. At the end, in 2019, we were 60% rugby fans, 40% new fans. That's where we got to go. Awesome. Yeah. Where yeah, they we got to get there. Right. Yeah. They came for meat pies. They came to watch the Kenyans dance. They came right. to watch the craze of the Fijians. They, you know, they, the culture of the sport is what they're coming to see. They came for the atmosphere. They yeah. came for the atmosphere. Yeah. So we've yeah. got to showcase that and build that. And there, to me, Las Vegas is great. And I'm, I'm a Las Vegas native. So I love Las Vegas. So I'm not going to ever just sell Las Vegas. But what's the next best place? Right. New York City. Chicago. Man. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. Chicago. <laughs> On the list. For sure. Yeah. Um, hey, you know, you, you talk about um, how to draw in new fans and, and create this festival atmosphere and all the, the wonderful things um, that come along with it. And you also talked a bit about that um, million dollar cash prize. And, and I'm glad you you uh, put an asterisk by or, or, or uh, clarified what that prize money would look like and how it'd be distributed, because I think that's important for fans to know. But I want to kind of bring those two pieces together a little bit. So here's here's the run pass or kick question. Do the investors, because the, the money's coming from private investment, that million dollar cash prize and all the money that's being used to, you know, create this, this uh, event. Um, do the investors expect an immediate return on investment or is there a greater vision for recouping their investment you know, in phase two, in phase three, down the road. What's the short and long term on that? Run. It's very easy. This is an investment. This is investment in rugby that hasn't been there since probably John Prismac, right? This is a an investment. Much well, no, I shouldn't say that because MLR is an investment, right? They're they're continually investing to grow the game. Um, this is an investment. This is an investment to grow the game. Um, even if we were to sell out this year, it's not going to. It's 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 very difficult to earn profit. You don't, we, right. we don't have the time. We didn't have the window to build it up to it. We've got to build a brand. We have to build a culture. We got to build sponsors. We got to build fan base and social media. So that's where we lean on the rugby crowd and the rugby community to help us grow, right? If we're going to grow our game, it all takes all of us. And we all say that, but it does. It takes all of us to, to retweet, repost Instagram and show up at the stadium. You know, everybody's investing. MLR, your Chicago team is investing. You got to show up to the stadium. If these guys are going to stick around, right? We got to support each other. But this is a long-term goal. This is a long-term plan to not only to build a sport in, a, in the U.S. market to help those other entities grow their brands and also help the commercial side of this, right? The more commercial we have, the more the sponsors. I said it before: fragmentation, segmentation in the market hurts sponsors. They don't know who's doing what. What's this? What's that? Because I'm sorry for the general public in the U.S. market. They don't know what rugby's just one word. They don't know the difference between sevens, MLR, USA rugby, USA sevens in Las Vegas. They don't know USA, LA sevens. They don't know the difference. All they know is, yeah, I tried it. It didn't work. Or, right. yeah, I'm not quite sure. It's not our demographic. And I can, I can argue with anybody on demographics any day and say, hey, listen, you want 50-50 male, female? We got it because that's what we are. We're a 50-50 male-female audience, and we're a demographic from 18 to 55 with a high net worth of over $100,000 an average person. So I don't know where <laughs> you know where they say, hey, it's not my demographic, but yeah, that takes us to build. So this is a long-term investment to grow the game and help World Rugby, USA Rugby, and all the brands around it to grow to the World Cup. That's, that's where it's at for sure. If it's not good for us, it's not good for anybody. Agreed. Couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, we talked about the the three phases quite a bit. Um, so run, pass, or kick. Are the future cities and venues in the planning phase, or is really the NYC uh, Sevens event kind of a proof of concept, uh, not only for investors but for you know the teams that would participate and for fans? Uh, run, definitely proof. Definitely proof proof of concept. Right. You've got a founder that has been flirting with this idea for years with a lot of stuff around it, right? Saying never going to happen, never going to happen, never going to happen. You know, it takes, it takes a lot of guts and I'll say cojones, right? To, 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 to be in this market for that long and to still be fighting for your dream and your vision. 
Um, and I give him credit for that. I give him credit for, for fighting the fight and making it happen. And this is for sure a proof of concept. One, let's get it here. Let's get the best teams in the world. We'll get, we'll get prize money for the first year, build a, the commercial, invite the sponsors out. Get, we've got ESPN on. We've got ESPN is our partner for the broadcast domestically. We're also going to be over in New Zealand, South Africa, Australia, and the Pacific Islands on ESPN. And we're also working on a, another broadcast thing with DAZN out of Europe, which has 20 million of subscribers to it. You know, so the thing is how, to, again, we're trying to grow. So it is a proof of concept. And then what is the future? The future is going to be based off the demographic regions that fit with the culture of the festivals and the, the brands, right? So where rugby strong, where where it fits and makes sense. And it doesn't always make sense in these big markets. You know, it makes sense where the market fits it. So I think those are still determinable, right? So it's got to be based on the time of year, what's there, what venues are available. Also, what's the demand of the fan to travel? It's all about the destination. And when you get to the destination, it's all about the party in the destination. Right. So, you know, so I think those things are still kind of up in the air. You know, we're still working through that. But right now is, you know, we've got two more months, 80 days to produce a world-class event with Olympians, World Cup winners. Um, and, you know, it, that's the that's the culture. That's a that's the focus. Okay, so you you you're going right where I want to want you to go in this next question. Um, I love when a plan works out. Um, but you, you mentioned uh, the idea of the logistical pieces, right? You talked a little bit about those, and that's where I want to get to with this next question. So, run, pass, or kick. Um, what is the what are the hardest logistical pieces of putting a tournament like this together? I'm going to kick this to you, Hammer. <laughs> well, I, I think uh, – thanks a lot. I appreciate that one. Um, I wish I was – this is a marketing question. But, um, I, well, I think number one is getting uh, getting teams to buy in, right? Once you, you, know, once you get the teams committed, uh, it's easy to start to then begin to easier to start to market and sell it, especially to, you know, if you get the SAFAs in, you can market to the, you know, the areas in the United States where you have a strong, you know, so, uh, expat population from South Africa and from Australia. Um, and, you you know, once you get buy-in from those teams, you can make that process a little easier. Um, I think logistically um, making it, uh, easy to travel, get around, making sure that operationally there's people um, that can come to the New York to come to New York City, that can get to the event, that can have great places to stay, that have you know a fun atmosphere around it before and after. Um, so you know, making sure New York City is aware and ready to host an event uh, uh, like this. Um, so I think those are two big pieces in my mind. Um, and I am absolutely positively sure I'm missing something because uh, by no means am I a, a, a planner of, of, of rugby events. But, but I have a child that would be willing to to to. Uh, he's, it's his major, so if he needs okay. to do bring, some work, I need I need help. So bring I'll him out. I'll send him out to New York City this summer. You got my email, <laughs> and you hit me up, and I'll have him working day and night. So okay. no, Rob, you handle that. You, you took that ball and you, you didn't knock it on. It's <laughs> better than what I'm used to doing on the pitch. <laughs> you didn't have concrete hands, so that's good. So, um, no, you did great. Um, you know, listen, it's you're building a brand. It's marketing. It's it's you know getting yeah getting the international teams in the middle of the series to say yes we're in right. So it's getting them you know booking flights, getting hotels in New York City, getting training fill. I mean. I, you know, I, I thought Vegas was hard getting training fields. Try New York City. Holy cow. I mean, yeah. you know, but we've got all those things. We've got some great stuff. Like you said, the hotels for the fans. We've got four different options right down in Manhattan. And the whole goal is the worst thing you want when you show up to the rugby is not to be welcomed by and feel like you're an event that's a celebrate rugby. So our goal is, hey, let's put them all in an area of Manhattan. So if you go out from your hotel, you're going to run into other guys in rugby jersey and you're walking that corner pub or if you're going to the nightclub or whatever, you're going to run into a restaurant. You're going to run these people because you're in the same vicinity. You're getting on the, the, the train out to the Red Bull Stadium. 
you're going to be with rugby guys because you're all coming from Manhattan. You're getting on the same train and you're going to be going up to the stadium. So really it's that sense of arrival that you, that rugby's here. So that's where, you know, it's all hard to create, Rob. There's no doubt. And we're on a, a, a tight time frame. We have a great team, great leadership um, that will get it done. And, you know, we'll, we'll keep pushing hard for the future, but this year it's, we want to make a great experience and it, it is tough and there is a ton of moving pieces, but you're right. It's, it's getting all that and getting broadcast and, you know, then and creating that fan, you know, that experience for the fam. You know, can I get there easy? All those questions, you know, that afterwards you get, you know, crucified if you miss something. So we're trying not to be crucified too much. So <laughs> yeah, and and I think that's one of the things that you when you plan events, you always try to hit a hundred percent of your shots, and it, it that creates almost an unreal expectation. You know, Absolutely. you're gonna fall short in some places. You almost have to accept that and say, you know what, we're going to miss some places, but let's take stock in that move forward. And when we come around then phase two is, is improve upon that and build that. I think the MLR is learning that and a lot of other um, organizations are doing the same. One other thing on that, I think the huge piece I've always believed this is the international players. If they're happy and their experience is amazing, the fan experience is going to be amazing. So their arrival's good, where their staying's good, their transportation good, the stadium's good, the pitch is good, you know, the you know, because then the fans good and they all feel they all intertwine, it all goes together. But the key thing is the last thing you want is the teams not to be happy because they're not gonna go out there. I mean, you want them to be happy and you want them to go out and perform. And now they get to perform for money, which this I mean, to me, this is gonna be interesting because every every game has a dollar amount to it. You're not gonna want to lose yeah. Everybody you know, has skin in the in the, in the game, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? You think about it—a half million U.S. dollars for Fiji. That oh, ratio conversion, right? Game changer, life changer, right? So, right, and even even for not our, just for not just for them, but their families. Oh, right? absolutely. In, in this in this poly cultures, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it, it's exciting, man. I mean, I I really when I was asked to bring come into this and and be a part of it, it's exciting. I like it. I think that we can work well with everybody out there and create something great. So I'm excited. Well, clearly you're buzzing. I can feel the energy coming off you through, uh, <laughs> through video, through video chat here. Um, tell you what, we're going to, we're not done. We're going to continue with this conversation with Rob Cornelius. Um, he is the head of operations for the NYC sevens tournament coming up here in July and, and give everybody the date of, uh, or the dates of the events, Rob. July 14th, 15th, 16th. The actual matches are at July 15th, Red Bull Stadium. Doors, gates are at 10 a.m. And then uh, the, the magic hours between 7 and 9 when uh, all the big money goes down. So there you go. So we're going to come back. We're, we're not done. We're going to talk more about it. We're going to get so, uh, more of the details um, when we come back from commercial break. But we got to take a couple minutes to keep the lights on and uh, – give our sponsors an opportunity to be heard. So we'll be back just in a couple minutes. When we pick up the ball, we also pick up a legacy. A legacy that stretches beyond your current team. A legacy built on the backs of those who came before you with hard work. And for those who will come after you, we promise it won't be easy. But we'll be there, supporting you on and off the field. All right, rugby fans, we're back with none other than Rob Cornelius, head of operations for the NYC Sevens. We've had some real good conversation about this event and what may lie ahead in future years. And so, and certainly what Rob and his partners seek to do in uh, July this summer uh, in 2023 in New York City, we want to get back into it a little bit. Um, and we were talking when we left about the operation piece and just the fact that, you know, when you're putting on an event of this size, of this caliber, 
with uh, all the stakes that you're going to you're going to miss, you're going to hit and you're going to hit home runs, you're going to miss and 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 have a couple strikes. You want to obviously have more a lot more home runs and strikes. So with that in mind, um, what run pass or kick, what do you consider a win operationally for this phase one event in New York City? I'll run with that. I better start with, hey, to get your tickets, you go to www.nyc.com. <laughs> Otherwise, nobody's going to get a ticket. So yeah. you can also go to Red Bull Arena and get tickets there. But, uh, you know, uh, I think the success of this is, you know, um, creating an amazing product on broadcast, right, that showcases some of the new new changes that we've done. Um fulfilling the needs of the fan and the teams and the players from their experience in, in, in Manhattan with, you know, we got the teams practicing at a, a, a amazing university. We've got the teams going over to New York athletic club for some experiences, you know, and then being right downtown in Manhattan, they're walking distance to park central and, and times square, same with our fans and then filling the stadium. And when you get to that stadium, we have to entertain right? And entertain those fans for nine and a half hours that they're excited to be there. And if you brought your buddies, never been around rugby, that before you leave that day, he's going to be like, hey, we're going to the Hounds game this weekend because I didn't know it was this cool, right? So operationally, you know, obviously the rugby ops is is key to make a, a, you know, with money on the line like this, you better have good referees and you better have, have your, your, you better have the best of the best, which we have. And the investments there for the best referees in the world, uh, best teams in the world with the biggest prize money. So it's going to be it's going to be something special. It sure sounds like it. And, you know, before we cut out to commercial break, uh, one of the things I think you hit on the head is is when the players love being involved. It sets the tone for year two, year three and beyond because they they make it they kind of like when the calendar comes out and they kind of look at the dates and they go, yeah, uh, I need to make sure that I'm ready and, and available for this one because uh, one hack of event was put on the last time and, and this is going to make it so much better. So certainly getting that right is going to be uh, an important piece, but I want to talk about another piece connected to this, the timing of it. You mentioned it's the second weekend, I believe in July. Um, and what are the dates again, again, just for, to remind people July, July 15th is the actual tournament. Uh, we have stuff planned July 14th, the Friday night, all day at the stadium on Saturday, Saturday night at a nightclub downtown in Manhattan. And then uh, Sunday, either leisure or golf, or who knows, we might have a day club party too. So it's a one-day event, and I think that's important for the first year for fans to understand because they can come in, consume it all in one day, and if you have to leave, you have to leave. You can stick around and have the party, have the party, and do the other things. But I want to focus on that kind of weekend with this next question. Yep. Um, the weekend prior, I think it's July 8th on Saturday, you have the MLR final. Um, you have the Western Conf uh, the Western Conference PR7s uh, tournament going on on the same weekend, that, that 14th, 15th there. And then the following weekend, you have the East Coast event for PR7s happening. My question is, run, pass, or kick, does the American rugby fan have the bandwidth to sustain the energy of having those three major rugby events successively in three weekends? I'll run with that. I'll, I, you know, I, lo I love it. So, um, you know, ideally what you'd love to have is, you know, in, a, in an event like this, when you have an expense that goes out to each one of the operators, PR7s, MLR, in us the stadiums aren't cheap operations <laughs> cheap so an ideal situation for the best for the consumer and for all would be to get be together right you've got this nine and a half hour event you've got an hour and 45 minute window to two hour window for player welfare breaks that you could do an mlr championship right you could do it the same weekend so could we do that in a, a stadium now that we're at twenty-five thousand? but if we all work together in the future could we have 35,000, 45,000 seat stadium? And then you have PR sevens is a buildup in there as well with the international players and the international sevens. So you have a domestic brand, international brand, and a 15s brand, one weekend, three champions. I mean, 
there's there's where we need to be because then you're going to get sold out stadiums then you're going to leave the expenses and then you're going to get more sponsors so i think for this year it's not ideal right it's not ideal the good thing is the only thing that competes terribly is chicago new york san jose is the week before that's a west coast predominantly event um and then pittsburgh is the weekend after with pr7 so um, I think that nobody gets hurt. The players' availabilities are there, and you know we're able to make, you know, make do this year. It's not ideal, um, but we're going to make do. We've already talked to MLR, and, and we'd like to have those champions at New York Sevens. We'd like New York City Sevens. We'd like to have them showcased there. Um, we want to support. We supported the CRC last weekend. We're trying to support the upcoming um, the USA Rugby Championship in Texas. We want to support the PR7s. We want to support MLR, you know, working with the, the iron workers and, and the free jet. Anywhere we can, listen, it's a game of let's support each other, share each other, and try to build it. So ideally not great this year, Rob, but it is, you know, you deal the hand you're dealt. Right. I, and I love it. I, I love the attitude of, of the fact that we're going to – we want to work with other rugby organizations to – a to mutually grow the game and not exclude anybody to try to work together to build and develop. And what I think is, is interesting is I was down in Houston. You talked about the CRAAs. I was down in Houston this past weekend and it was a combination of 15s and sevens uh, on this festival style. And while a collegian championship, certainly not to the level that you're talking about putting on in New York city, but in its own right, it was a great atmosphere and it was no better atmosphere um, than to actually watch the D1A national championship game between Cal and oh. Navy. It was, uh, it, it was awesome to watch and what a great game. It was a nail biter and to watch all the Navy fans rush the field and come down um, when they won uh, was just, it was spine tingling. Um, and I think that, that if everybody pulls from the same, from the same side of the rope um, that can be recreated in a much bigger scale as, as you kind of talk about there yeah, if we can drop the egos and work together and make right. focus it, it, rugby in america can be what everybody said for the last 25 right. years but we cannot go off and i'm going to do this and i'm going to do this right. and i'm not going to work with you because it's not there so stop kidding yourself stop you know the reality is and we can all work together we can all make yep. this happen and we can make the game a, an amazingly successful game for all the entities. Yep. And I, I love the, what you said. Um, and, and I'm not talking about it in, in particular, but it always seems to be that ego comes into play. And if we just put the ego away for a little bit and see if we focus on what's important, most important, that long-term vision and goal of building rugby in America and for 2031, 2033, um, we could be ready uh, on a national scale for that, not only off the pitch, but on the pitch as well. Um, so I, I'm going to press you on this one because, you know, uh, in our rugby rant last last week, we talked about this question and, and this was one of my, I'm going to be honest, it was a criticism of mine. There was actually, Scott had a criticism. I'm going to bring that one in with this question. I had a criticism. Um, and, and so I'm going to throw it at you because I'm really interested to see how you re react and respond. Right. Um, so one of the things that, or two of the things that we noticed there was, there were two major exclusions. One of them you could probably easily explain. The other one, I'm like I said, I'm interested here. But um, two exclusions. We didn't see Rugby Canada included on on the teams yet. And so, you know, kind of that's, you know, question a, a, a part A of the question. Um, what's up with the Rugby Canada North American event? You'd think Rugby Canada's, you know, would be would be a key component of that. And and for me, more significantly, not to dismiss Rugby Canada, but this is important. Why are not why are the women not involved? I and mean, when we talk about growing the game, I mean Ruby Tui, who we just we we've heard the splash she's made re recently yeah. coming to PR sevens, but Charlotte Kaslick, right? And and the, the Aussie women. I mean, there's there's some just amazing athletes. Uh, Iona Meyer, you know, is is making a splash here in the United States. Where why not include the women in this event? Uh, this year was was timing and just getting it done, right? So this year the inclusion is totally for going forward is with the women as well, right? So this year was we have to launch, like you said, proof of concept, get the best in. How do we fit it in a one day window? 
you know, there was multiple reasons that we had to try to, to fit that. <laughs> but I think the women's crucial, man. What you, what you see in the NWSL and the women's soccer right now and what you see in women's sport and what you see in women's sevens and women's 15s. I, the women's sport is is amazing in all categories right now, and I think it's a it's a big miss for the future if we didn't. Um, our our one of our our major investors and founders is, is a woman, and she's very much into this as well. And, and we understand that, right? We understand that the the, the exclusivity it's being exclusive to Mel is not the way to go. It's inclusivity in the future and and bringing the women in and. It has to be. There's not even a question, really. It has to be about the men and women. Um, the can- Canadian talk is pretty easy. You know, it was, it was trying to get the top eight teams. Um, we were unable to get Argentina based on they don't know if they're going to qualify for the Olympics or not. And there's another event in South America at the same time. So they didn't want to risk. So, you know, that was that was really kind of that, that push there. Um, so it's really... This year, it's the eight teams. You know, if it was up to my founder, we would have 22 teams and we'd have men and women and we'd probably be there for a week. But when you break down the budget, that doesn't quite work with 25,000 seats in the stadium. So um, it's it's all, you know, hey, we got to start somewhere. We're starting here and we're going to build from there. Yeah, I think... I think we can understand that as long as the American public kind of knows overall that the goal is to get women and the women's teams involved and grow this and that, uh, you know, for for, you know, both male and female competitions. I think people can handle that. You know, it's- I gotta tell you something else on that, Rob. When we brought the women to Vegas, I don't, I don't remember if you remember the parade down on Fremont Street we used to do. So no, I've I- never seen that, actually, but okay. go ahead. We'd have 10,000 people show up on the Thursday night to do this Olympic parade walk down Fremont Street, get on the stage, announce the teams, do the whole hip law to cook off the weekend. Until we invited the women, that was a fun event. But when the women got here and they got on stage and they started dancing, well, now the guys next year were like, dude, the, the girls got all the attention because got up their game. They, they, <laughs> they, they made it fun and they made it yeah. exciting. So the women add flair. They add flair on the field, off the field. It is it is a no-brainer for the women. Um, I loved having them in Vegas. It was great. It was fun. It was exciting. They, you know, it's great when you're doing the stuff with the kids because we're building the game from the youth. So you want little girls to have that idol. You want right. little boys to have that idol, right? And you have to include them both. But there's, you know, in, in, in Vegas, we had a great program run by, by Kelly Burton and a group out here with the Adopt a Country that we had 15,000 students in Las Vegas, non-rugby community. We're not a rugby community, right? We had 15,000 students a year studying the country, studying the sport, and then about 800 kids playing flag rugby. 50-50, male-female, little girls beating every little boy because they're eight years old. And little girls are a little more advanced than eight years old. So, you know, they're, it was it was amazing to see that. So if you want to talk to an advocate about male, female, little kids growing up watching the game, I, I'm I'm there a thousand percent. Awesome. That's great news. I love that, that idea. I love the, the fact that you're bringing some of those pieces over into this structure to create something, you know, something new. Um, but it has, uh, pieces that worked and were wonderful coming from Las Vegas sevens, uh, which a lot of people had a wonderful experience with. Uh, we're going to close out this interview with one last question. I think this is an important one because it goes to the heart of, again, creating that culture, creating that atmosphere, um, that you guys are looking uh, to build, grow, and and manifest into you know that beautiful vision. Um, a part of so run past or kick as a part of the festivities, you are hosting a tournament of heroes, and this involves the fire department in New York, the NYPD, the Philadelphia Fire Department, and the New Jersey State Troopers. So the question is: Is this the RFL's way of including local rugby at the event? One of the ways, absolutely. And then we're working with, we have outreach to all the clubs in the tri-state area and beyond. We have New Jersey flag rugby. You know, we have got, we've got to have ball boys, ball girls. You know, we're working with the clubs and, and the flag and the kids. And I think the mil, the, the, the first responders um, in, in a city, in two cities, in two states, like New York and New Jersey, 
you got some of the best of the best and and they've got a rivalry there yeah. and it's iconic. I mean, I don't care where you're from. It's iconic. NYPD, yeah. the NYFD, you know, it, it just has that. It is, it is, it's Americana. It's Grutz. It's what built the backbone of those cities. It's, you know, so we're, we're more than honored to be able to do that. The same with like working with guys like the New York athletic club, that's historic mm-hmm. and iconic, you know, it brings a lot of the, the, the culture of what we have to, to, to showcase too, because we want these other countries to see what we got, right? We're, we're all, we're traveling around the world playing supposedly their game. And, but you're coming to our country. So let's showcase Vegas is an anomaly, right? Vegas isn't even Vegas is just Vegas. New York city is iconic Americana to the T. I mean, that's where every ship landed and that's where we went and, you know, that built our country. So I think it's cool. It's really cool to have them and just to showcase them. But it is a way we can help give back to those communities. They have charities that we're helping. You know, um, our goal, again, is to to grow this, grow the communities. And this is the first year. We got a lot of work to do, and it's not going to all go, you know, the way we, we want it to and go as deep as we want to. But you got to start somewhere. In Vegas, again, we started with 12,000 fans and built it to 90,000 fans. You know, we want to start in, in, in New York with 20,000 fans and build it up where we have to go into Giant Stadium, right? That's right, you right, right. You, you want to be where we can get to that point, but we got to start somewhere. And, right. you know, it's 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 just the basics of even, hey, listen, Rob, there's, there's a lot of people who don't even know we're still here, right? We, yeah. we don't have, a, we don't have a, a million social media following. We don't have – we're creating a brand and a culture, so we're asking and we're, we're blessed. And thank you for coming and, and asking for us to be on because this helps the cause, right? You know, this is – this is in more way than than you know. It's it's great to have the conversation and talk about the event, but even bigger, what you're doing is helping grow the game, so we can grow the game. So I mean, we're just appreciative to be here, and, and we thank you for it. So, no worries. So, so before we close this out and and we bid a proper ado, uh, just remind fans um, details when, how can they get tickets. And uh, any other, you know, critical details that uh, you got, you feel you want to get out there as a last party piece? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, www.nyc7s.com. And then you can also go on social media and find NewYorkCity7s.com, NYC7s.com, or NYC on Instagram. Please follow, please post, reshare. We got more, you know, we've announced USA. Tomorrow there's a big uh, announcement coming out that fits Chicago. Uh, Fitz Boston, you know, a bunch of ginger guys, you know, <laughs> but oh, it, it, there's a couple of patties excited yeah, already patties coming into the mix. So, um, you know, the teams are all signed. We're announcing that we're going to get their social on their international social world rugby starting to get involved and start a post show. We just need everybody out there in the rugby community. Listen, we're here to support. And we ask for the same support. But, yeah, NYC7s.com, July 15th, Red Bull Stadium in Harrison, New Jersey, 25-minute subway ride from Manhattan, the Park Central Hotel, the Knickerbocker Hotel, the Millennium Hotel. And where else do we got? Park Central, uh, James Nomad Hotel. So we've got hotels lined up for you with good rates. We've got parties. We're talking to Tau Group in the Marquee Nightclub downtown New York City. So, hey, we're trying to create something to keep people from going to the shore on the weekend and staying in the city and having a party. So, you know, we yeah, might you have can always to- go to the shore. There's the rest of July and August to hell with the shore. Right. Go to New York City. We'll get Paul E.D. to come, DJ. Yeah. And you can still see the best of the shore, right? There you go. Have some fun. Watch some sevens. Enjoy some great music, some DJs, dancing, excitement, uh, merriment had by all. And, and you don't uh, have to worry about getting up the next day to go see the finals. You can you get, absolutely have your good time. <laughs> yes. And nurse your hangover the next day. Right. So, exactly. all right. Well, uh, Rob, it's uh, Rob Cornelius, folks, head of operations for the NYC7s. Rob, it's been an absolute pleasure and a joy speaking. I mean, the energy that you bring, I have no doubt. Well, we've talked about, you know, that that in launching something like this, there are always going to be missteps. But damn it, um, it, it, you're I know that you're going to make sure that um, you didn't make the uh, 
you know, correct them if there are issues to be addressed. You're going to make sure everybody enjoys themselves. You're going to make sure everybody has a lot of fun and is excited about the event phase one, phase two, phase three, and beyond. I have no doubt that it will be a swimming success uh, moving forward. It's we been an absolute it. pleasure. We're, uh, we're working hard and, and listen, I mean, we're happy to answer questions. And like you said, People have comments, questions, concerns, ideas. Hey, bring it. Bring it to the table. What do you want to see? What do you what makes what would you what'd you miss? What do you what would make it better? We're not perfect. We're gonna do everything we can to make it as great as we can. But you know, listen, we take the feedback off of social. Somebody's answering every social. Um, we'll take the hard questions, the easy questions. You know, we'll take it up the gut or we'll take it on the outside. You you give us which way you want it, but um it's an absolute pleasure to be here and, and really appreciate it, Rob, and, and continue to follow you and, and even, you know, hey, I'm liking your broadcast. I'm liking your commentary on the Wolfhounds there, too, little play-by-little. Little. <laughs> yeah. Come Thank on. you. Thank you. I like well, it. Come, yeah, come out to Chicago and, and, and watch a game and bring that uh, scoundrel with you, uh, uh, Nikki G. Uh, Will they still let us in with Nikki G.? Uh, well, you have to put him in disguise, perhaps put him <laughs> okay. in a pirate hat and a patch, and he – he might he might get through get through the gate uh, maybe a peg leg too, um, so. <laughs> well, I hope to see you guys the weekend before in Chicago for the championship too. And I yeah, um, and uh, yeah, wish you guys all the best and keep the rant going. Absolutely, thank you, one hundred percent. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see you. And thanks once again for joining us. It's been a wonderful conversation, and we wish you guys all the best and success. Put away the egos. Put on a party with the amigos. I, I, right. love it. I like uh, it. I'm using that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot. And rugby fans, we are out, but make your comments, drop your questions. We'll pass them along. But gosh darn it, we could only make something great if everybody pulls from the same side of the rope. And we're trying to do that and grow the game one fan at a time, just like Rob Cornelius in New York City Sevens. And with that, we will see you at the next. Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast, growing rugby one fan at a time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.